every decision they make can have an effect on our lives. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. I never told anybody to lie, not a single time, never. Today, our fellow citizens, our way of life, our very freedom came under attack. America's not the same as it was 100 years ago. The violent mayhem we have seen in the streets and cities that are run by liberal Democrats. This is Our Lives in Politics with your host Booker and co-host Lou Basada. For the last six months, there's been great debate on social media and elsewhere about the race that wasn't Trump versus DeSantis. It had been a big waste of energy, but with DeSantis officially entering the race, I guess the conversation has to start somewhere, and we'll do that here on Our Lives in Politics. I'm Booker Scott, and thanks for joining us here on America Out Loud Talk Radio, or if you're listening on a podcast right now, thanks a lot for finding us on your favorite platform. I guess it's time to start the conversation about DeSantis and Trump. And we'll do that in just a minute with your help as we step into a Twitter space to get the pulse of the people. After that, you'll hear my conversation with 26-year-old Caleb Slater. Caleb is running for New York State Senate, and he'll give you some hope for the future and the youth of this country. So to Trump and DeSantis, let's start with Trump. Let's start about the good and the bad and the ugly with Donald Trump. We know right now there is one indictment that is facing Trump, but we also know that special counsel Jack Smith will be coming with another indictment soon. And we hear that Fulton County, Georgia, will also have an indictment, and that indictment will be over the phone call with Secretary of State Raffensperger when Trump called him uh, trying to find 11,000 votes in the state of Georgia back in 2020. The Jack Smith indictment has to do with the Mar-a-Lago classified documents. But what about his successful policies? Remember the jobs? Unemployment for both Hispanic and blacks were lower than it had ever been. Wages were higher than they had ever been. Inflation was at a record low, at 1%, when Donald Trump left office. We were energy independent, maybe energy dominant. And the border, the border goes without saying. Look at what has happened in the last two years since Donald Trump left office. Over 6 million immigrants have crossed. Over 120,000 Americans have died from fentanyl overdoses. So there's a lot of good that Donald Trump did. But there's some things that he did that people don't like. Personality-wise, it's the name-calling. That's something that comes up. And you know, he did something just recently Uh, And a lot of people, a lot of conservative influencers, big conservative influencers on social media have been really upset about it. Kaylee McEnany was his press secretary. You remember her. I think she did a great job. She took a lot of bullets for Donald Trump when he was president. So here is a truth, which all of Donald Trump's truths end up on Twitter. If you don't know that, if you're not on social media, you may not know. But this is what... Donald Trump wrote about Kaylee McEnany. Kaylee Milktoast McEnany just gave out the wrong poll numbers on Fox News. I am 34 points up on DeSanctimonious, not 25 up. While 25 is great, it's not 34. She knew the number was corrected upwards by the group that did the poll. The rhinos and globalists can have her. Fox News should only use real stars. And that's just an example of one of those things that, as a Trump supporter you cringe about. I understand. 
Here's someone that took bullets for you, and now you're turning on her. So why not talk about the policies? His messaging is rigged elections and witch hunts. Americans are tired of that. Are those things fixed in all states with elections? Probably not. We know that the witch hunts were true from the Durham investigation and Durham report. But still, what were the things that made Donald Trump so successful in 2016? He stayed on message. And right now, American people need hope. We've just come through the highest inflation, the highest gas prices, the highest crime. We have a mess at our border. So Donald Trump should give solutions, not talk about people, and not talk about rigged elections and witch hunts. But what about Ron DeSantis? As governor of Florida, you know, he's done some good things. Uh, The woke ideologies, he's really fought against it. He's fought against Disney. He brought legislation for books in schools. He also passed school choice for the state of Florida. COVID. You know, Florida was one of the best in the country when it came to overall COVID response. Now, deaths and sickness wasn't everything. It also had to do with the economy. Florida was quick to reopen. The economy rebounded quickly there in Florida. So overall, Florida did a pretty good job with COVID response, and Governor Ron DeSantis has to be given credit for that. But there are some policies that are negative to all Floridians, and one of those is property insurance. You may not know this, but property insurance has tripled while Ron DeSantis has been in office, and yet his political action committee has collected $3.9 million from insurance companies. Your first thought's going to be, well, hurricanes have been bad, and that causes insurance to go up. And that would be a good thought, but it wouldn't be correct. Uh, The laws in Florida are messed up, and Florida has only 9% of property insurance claims. Yet, they have 79% of all lawsuits when it comes to property insurance. So those laws should have been addressed, and they should have been been addressed long before they just were in the last legislative session. I mean, Ron DeSantis has been in office now for five years. So why wasn't something done about the property insurance problems in Florida before now? Another thing I think you have to kind of pick at Ron DeSantis about in Florida was the unemployment debacle in April of 2020. And if you don't know about that, a lot of states were having problems getting people money, but Florida was really having issues. There were millions without money in the state of Florida for 10, 12 weeks, some people longer. And Ron DeSantis and his administration put the blame on the people, not on a failed unemployment system that was created by Governor Rick Scott to fail people so that they would give up quit looking for unemployment, and start looking for jobs. It's well documented. Please do your research on that, and you'll find out what I'm talking about. And another thing you have to consider about Ron DeSantis is just his likability. It's very important when you're voting for someone that you like someone. Is Ron DeSantis the type of person you'd go have a beer with? As we consider the 24 presidential race, We have to bake in the economy. Economists agree now that America in Q4 of this year will be entering into a recession, and that's going to go into 24 election year. So who will be better to repair Biden's broken economy the fastest? We're going to get your opinion now as we go into a Twitter space, and hopefully this Twitter space will work better than the one that Elon Musk had with Ron DeSantis when he declared his candidacy for the presidency in 24. 
Uh, I, we're not going to have a half million or a million people in this Twitter space, but let's get this Twitter space started. Let's go to Joel in San Antonio. Thanks, Booker. For me, I'm a, I'm American first, and either one of these guys, DeSantis or Trump, are I, I could I could live with either one of them. I'm leaning more towards Trump only because. Not, not necessarily his domestic policies. I think his domestic policies are fairly similar to DeSantis, but it's the foreign policies. He has a proven track record of bringing back impossible deals. And we are at a point where uh, we need a rainmaker. We need somebody to get us back from where we are currently on the, floor, on the global stage where nobody's talking to us, nobody's even returning our phone calls. They don't respect us. We're we're on the brink of World War III. We need somebody who has the experience of bringing back these peace deals, getting arch enemies that have been for thousands of years killing each other, signing peace accords. And I think that's exactly what we're going to need right now. Joel, you mentioned a few minutes ago that uh, you're kind of leaning toward Donald Trump right now. So the question is, do you believe, knowing that those things are important to you, the foreign policy things that Trump can do, do you believe that Ron DeSantis has what it takes to do the foreign policy part that is such a concern for you? I'm not not discounting that he – I'm not saying that he doesn't have what it takes. It's just I don't know if he does. I know Trump has what it takes. Let's go to Parson in Michigan. Parson, you're up. You know, uh, there's a lot I agree with Joel, and I just want to kind of make this. I, I'm pretty sure, um, even though my I have my Facebook page locked up for a couple last couple of years, I am the first person that ever used the term publicly never Trump. Let that sink in. I mean, I have to tell you, I mean, this is I've been active in in political campaigns since 1984. The first vote I ever cast, the first box I ever checked was for Ronald Reagan. And I'd only turned 18, uh, not even a month prior. And ever since I have actively been involved because I've been active in looking at politics since I was like six. Um, I could I can the 1970. uh, uh, 76 Republican convention. I can talk to you all day long about it. I watched the whole damn thing. I wasn't even, I was not even 10 yet. So the, the point I want to make here is we always have civil wars. And when, when it was clear, I mean, it was clear that Trump was going to win the GOP nomination. I went into a deep depression a massively deep depression. As a political animal who literally considered Hillary to be 10 times worse than Barack Hussein Obama, I, I, I just zoned out for two weeks. I turned everything off. I just focused on my business. And I just, you know, thought to myself, better dig in deep because, you know, it's lost. And I was sitting in my office working late, and this was a couple weeks before the convention. And I get a pop-up notification that Trump is about to go live. Now, I have to tell you, I watched every GOP uh, debate, okay? And Trump made me laugh a lot. But I still I still was all in on uh, Cruz. 
he was my second choice. My first choice bailed out early. And it was the first time I ever listened to his campaign rally. It was the first time I literally decided I was going to pay attention to what he was saying. And I was blown away. So what I'm trying to say to everybody is regardless of how this ends, I have my feelings on how this is going to end. You're going to one side or the other is going to go through that moment. Okay. You're going to go through that moment. We're going to, we're going to shut the other side down. Well, some of us are, I, you know, I, I think I, I, I'll give you my opinion. I think it's already lost for DeSantis. I, I think every day going forward, he loses more and it has more about his personality personalities we could talk issues all day long. We're issue people, but the American public is, is not paying attention to the issues. If they did, we would have stopped sending money to Ukraine a year ago. Okay, American people are not paying attention to the issues. They're worried about the cost of milk and, and all that on their table and what's going on in their personal lives, what's going on at work, what's going on with their kids, what's going on with their girlfriend, their boyfriend, whatever. They're not as in tuned as we are. And personality plays a role. And as somebody that, as a profession, what's made me good and, and allowed me to survive this world is that I can read body language and I can read voice inflection. I can read facial expression. And some of you guys are not going to like this, but, but DeSantis is not even green. He's greener than green. And I know he's been the governor and so forth. But the more I see of him, the more concern I have does not mean I wouldn't vote for him. Don't take that the wrong way. He's just green. He's got some maturing to do. And I'll land there for now, Booker. Thank you, Parsons. Let's, uh, I want to come back to both Joel and Parsons on this question. Let's consider for a moment that all of us now know that the Durham report showed what it showed. We know that Hillary Clinton started the Russian collusion hoax. We know that was a lie. We've known it for a while, but it is the truth. It is what happened. And everything that Donald Trump went through for four or five years that scarred him is because he was not part of the establishment. You go from the, the Russian hoax to the Mueller investigation, the Mueller report, then to two impeachments, and then you go to January 6th and the election mess. All of that to be capped off with 51 former intelligence agency agent guys writing a letter to say that the Hunter laptop was more than likely Russian disinformation when they had no inf information at all. All of that happened because he was one of us. He was not a part of the Beltway. So my question is this. If Governor Ron DeSantis is not establishment, why does anyone think that he is going to be treated differently and if he isn't treated differently, is he better or worse equipped to handle it than Donald Trump? Parson, I'll go to you. Oh, I didn't expect you to come back to me that fast. I, I will say this. Any, nobody is as well equipped as Trump to deal with what's coming at him. So I, I'm just going to say that. I don't, I'm not going to take a swing at DeSantis. I'm, I'm just going to state the obvious fact. Donald Trump has fought the war. And, and you, like I, knew was, we knew back in August it was all Hillary. Um, and we knew what was going on before the election, days following the election. Anybody that was paying attention and, and used discernment knew what was going on. This was a deep state action, and they were taken by surprise. So, But 
yeah, I mean, to answer your 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 question, I I I think I can land right there. <laughs> so, do you think that it exposes DeSantis as establishment if they don't go after him? Yeah, I already, I'm already there. I okay. mean, the evidence is there. The evidence is there that he's got that deep establishment. That's that's why he is where he is because he couldn't. What's going on right now with his campaign couldn't be done from like Donald Trump started from scratch. He's not starting from scratch. So he's already being handled, guys. Let's go to Nathan. Nathan, hey, you're up. Hey, Booker. Thanks. I I have a lot of questions about DeSantis myself because he owns, he uh, has a couple hospitals. And and I know some of the vaccines are in Florida. They're asking what's going on and and a bunch of crickets. And like everyone else uh, pointed out that that Trump is better equipped to, to face the challenges that we have at hand. If. I don't think he stands a chance, but let's just say he does get the nomination. I'm, if that happens, I'm going to vote for uh, Kennedy. Well, and if that's if Kennedy even beats Joe Biden, which I don't even know that Joe Biden is still going to be the actual nominee for the Democrats before it's all said and done. Nathan, let me come back to you and ask this question or about uh, Ron DeSantis. Can you give me a couple of things that you really like about Ron DeSantis? Oh, yeah, there's plenty. I mean, I live here in Florida. I think his uh, being out loud about Disney and and uh, some of the stuff he's he's uh, put through has been good, but I I think he he plays he plays the game, and and uh, there's you know if if you really look at the laws that are coming out of Tallahassee, then then um, you know you kind of almost got to wonder if he's reading it himself. Joel, we're going to come back to you. Joel's in San Antonio, Texas. Joel, you're sitting down there where. Uh, there are thousands and thousands of immigrants crossing the border. Who's better equipped to handle the border? Is it Ron DeSantis or Donald Trump? I would give that a toss up because only because DeSantis is somewhat dealing with it. I mean, he lives in Florida. He, he's the governor of Florida. He's dealing with the border crisis firsthand in his state, as well as lending assets and, and and boots on the ground to my governor, Governor Abbott, to enhance Operation Lone Star. So in in my view, both of them are are fairly as as far as the border goes, it's a toss up. I'm not exactly thrilled that, that Trump is claiming that he finished the wall. Uh, because what's he going to do when he gets into office? Ignore the wall because he quote unquote finished it? No, it needs to be finished still. But it's it's I again it's it's not a it's not an issue that is just the wall. Trump Trump was masterful in dealing with Mexico and and the other Central American countries in order to stop the people from even getting to the border. And I, I think so. It's kind of a toss-up, but again, Trump sort of has that uh, that foreign policy edge on DeSantis. I think. For those of you just joining us here on America Out Loud Talk Radio, you are listening to a Twitter space to get a pulse of the people. It's something that I do every once in a while here on Our Lives in Politics. Glad you are here. Glad you are enjoying this part of the program. Coming up in a few minutes, I'll get to Caleb Slater. Uh, Caleb is running for New York State Senator, and he's 26 years old. He has a great outlook on life and on politics, and I think you'll love what he has to say. Right now, we're talking about Donald Trump, and we're talking about Ron DeSantis, 
Who are you for? Who do you see winning in the election in 24 in the primary? Of course, Donald Trump is up right now by 30, 32%, uh, depending on who you listen to. And of course, he listened to Kaylee McEnany. I read that earlier, uh, the tweet that he put out about her that's, you know, it's those types of things that have us cringing about Donald Trump because I see Kaylee McEnany as someone that had his back. She took bullets for Donald Trump repeatedly. And, you know, she comes out and whether she made a mistake on a poll or whether she actually knew, what does it matter? We're 18 months away from an election and he wants to make an issue about it with Kaylee McEnany. And I think anyone that actually supports Donald Trump probably still cringes when that type of tweet comes. And then that's the problem with the people in the middle. The people, the talking heads that are on Fox and all the other television stations, they're sitting there saying Donald Trump can't be elected because of the people in the middle. And then he comes out with that kind of tweet. And so the answer then is is Ron DeSantis. Ron DeSantis can win in the middle. Well, my question is, if he can win the people in the middle and he wins and he truly is establishment, what does that do for America? What does that do for America First or the MAGA movement? And really, it probably won't do anything. Parson, we'll go back to you. Parson's in Michigan. Well, I'm glad you brought up this subject. So Trump's bad, mean tweets. Well, let's take Kaylee. A pure example. Kaylee knew knew for sure that she was putting up the wrong numbers. And she, before Donald Trump ever said anything, uh, put a truth out, anything about her, about it, she had been informed that her numbers were incorrect. So the assumption there being is is Kaylee is no longer a friendly asset. Donald Trump is a businessman. He's a strategist. And when you discover somebody that was a friend, that you thought was a friend, had just, just purposely baited you, he's going to come out swinging. That's what Donald Trump does. He he doesn't do it necessarily for the audience, by the way, folks. He's doing it for others that might think about, you know, that's standing behind the, the curtain and hasn't come out. And they're going to come out and do – they're going to do these little things. And so, oh, so so you're not really on my side. Okay, well, let me point that out. And that's all he really did. And I think we get hypersensitive. You know, the reality of it is – Everything I know about Donald Trump, in person, he's a human being. There is campaign Donald Trump, there is promoter Donald Trump, there is businessman Donald Trump, and then there's Donald Trump the person. They're not the same people, and most people know that. The man is kind as can be. He's generous. Uh, you never hear anybody that's been alone with him say anything negative about that experience and it's always and we've seen the the interviews so i i think it's i think it's a tool that the media wants to use as a wedge and it's certainly a tool the rhinos you know who who i i know they believe oh donald trump can't win this and i mean their whole effort behind this is they don't want biden to do another four years because they know he can't last and they don't want to get stuck with kamala but they're wrong and I think that I think the polls are proving that out. And I also think what's going to be proved out is is Trump's going to win. But we have to do this first. Um, I, I, I just I'm looking so forward to uh, the 18 months ahead of us. Thank you, Parsons. I'm going to go back to Joel in San Antonio. 
Uh, Joel, we'll let you uh, finish up your thoughts on Ron DeSantis and Donald Trump. If if you were going to vote today, who would your vote be for? Uh, like I said, I'm I'm I I would be happy or not happy, satisfied with either one of them right now, as it stands. Um, it would be nice if if DeSantis had a little bit of a personality. It's it. I mean, for Pete's sake, Bob Dole had a better personality than DeSantis. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's saying something but <laughs> but yeah i i really am as much as, as much as we as many problems as we have domestically uh i'm really worried about what's going on in in the world and how we are we are just being trampled on uh China is messing with our currency. They're, they are making a big push to dethrone the American dollar. And Biden, I, I personally, Congress keeps asking, what, what did China get for the five million? I think we're seeing in broad daylight exactly what they're getting for the five million. It's, it's a transaction that's still occurring. Is Biden is giving them superiority of the Chinese currency over the American dollar. So, and I, and I think Trump with his business acumen, his foreign policy chops, I think I, I'm really leaning towards him. And the good thing I think we're hearing from both uh, Parson and Joel and Nathan is that regardless of who may win between DeSantis or Trump, that at this point in this race, they would still support the other one. And I think that's really important because it's so important that in 24, the Republican wins and becomes president. We have time for a couple of more. So let's go to All Lives Matter. Welcome to the program. Hello. How are you? Um, I think DeSantis will lose a lot of his vote because of uh, abortion law he did in Florida. A lot of people will not vote for DeSantis, special woman because of abortion. Now, um, I'm vote, I used to vote first time for Trump and I vote second time for Trump and I want to see Trump as the next president of the United States. Um, but here is the problem. We have machines, those new smart machines. And for example, polls, let's say close 8 o'clock, 8 p.m. After 8 p.m., machine telling you how much, how many percent each person got. Now, if you know, for example, Trump against Biden, and uh, for example, Trump got 49% and uh, Biden got 47%, they continue to receive bailouts by mail so they can bring, they can bring Democrats can bring as much as they need bail out by mail so they can beat Trump. It will be fraud. The whole elections, for example, if it's stop 8 o'clock, 8.01, we're supposed to know who won. If they're not going to do that, it will be fraud again. That's how Trump lost last time. That's my opinion. I'm hearing you, and I know a lot of people feel exactly the way you do. Let's go to Jambalaya in Louisiana. Hello, family in Christ, Booker, Nathan, Stacy. Um, I just wanted to say that I think one of my concerns, because my first time voting ever was for Trump. Um, I love Trump and I love him because of his policies, though, uh, as you mentioned, some of his conduct um, 
I think maybe we were drawn to his kind of like outlandish behavior because uh, it was outlandish in that in politics, you're not really supposed to say, you know, things that are true. And you're supposed to have some type of political decorum, even if you're lying to people. And he kind of broke the mold of that. And that's, you know, honestly what drew a lot of us to him. But I think that that can go all the way to another extreme and you can actually isolate people because um, that becomes now your moniker. That becomes what you're known for and not the things that you actually accomplish. And that's not a good look. Second, I would say when it comes to DeSantis, one thing I'm concerned about is I no longer believe, you know, that I have to vote for a Republican um, because we can see now with the bill that just passed, you know, with the debt thing, that somebody claiming to be a Republican means absolutely nothing. So I'm a little, I don't know, call me, um, you know, optimistic, but a realist because I don't want to make myself believe that DeSantis is, you know, the, the lesser evil because as long as I get him in and not a Democrat, because essentially knowing his kind of background with the establishment and the people that support him and fund him, I kind of look at it like I could possibly be voting for a Republican in name who once he's in actually does a lot of liberal progressive things. So that's kind of where I'm concerned as far as who I'll vote for. Thanks, Booker. Jambalaya, I want to come back to you real quick to follow up with this question. All of the things that DeSantis has done in passing laws in Florida that have been good for protecting children, do you think that is show? Is that real? Do you think he brings that forward if he were elected to be president in 24? I don't think it's for show, but I know that politicians have a way of doing things. I mean, look, this is how you get voters, right? You do things that are not going to cost you politically. They're going to gain you politically. That doesn't mean, however, that that's your perspective on everything. It could get you in. But then let's say like what just happened in Australia, where they're passing laws that a child can actually commit to a relationship under the age of 18 with an adult, and that adult cannot be prosecuted. That same thing is happening in California. So let's say that he doesn't allow big businesses to maybe push their ideology or schools to push their ideology. But what if in personal relationships, he doesn't prosecute or doesn't allow policies to go through that prosecute adults that make these decisions because now he starts, you know, kind of falling in line with the people who fund him. This happened with Obama, right? Obama voted present on a lot of the issues that he then pushed forth and gave us the LGBT community laws of marriage that we have now. So that's kind of what I'm afraid of. So at this point, your eyes are wide open with the entire process for the election in 24. Absolutely. I'm looking at what he does for his state is great as a governor. That doesn't translate to what he'll do as a president. Let's go back to all lives. All lives. Welcome back. Thank you for having me. Um, uh, so on primaries, I will vote for Trump. But if DeSantis will win primaries on a presidential election, I will vote for DeSantis. So that's that's what I'm going to do. Thank you. Thank you. But it's interesting that so far, as much vitriol as there is in social media between DeSantis supporters and uh, Trump supporters, we're hearing here in this Twitter space that people are open and they're open to either one of the candidates, which I see as a good thing right now because we don't need any more division, especially within the conservative side of the parties. Let's go to one more. Let's go to a new speaker. Let's go to Toto. I hope I got that right. Thank you for allowing me to speak. I would say with regards to uh, Trump versus DeSantis, I would vote for Trump. The reason uh, for my selection is because we already saw uh, results 
on the term that Trump was running. It's irrefutable, the fact that we had the lowest gas price, the economy was booming, there was no war going on during his term. And to me, that speaks out loud. With regards to DeSantis, he's a good candidate. Now, uh, I think he's been ill-advised. This is not the time for him to run, in my eyes. He should have waited to finish his term as governor of Florida and allowed his term to speak for itself with results. That's why. So I don't know if we got a total cross-section of people here on that half hour of this show, but it's really interesting to hear different people's opinion. Uh, what motivates them, what they're looking for coming up in this big election in 24. The race has started. It's time to start thinking about it. And it's time to start getting busy as well. And coming up next, we're going to talk to a guy who has done just that. 26-year-old Caleb Slater running for state senator in New York. He is coming up next on Our Lives in Politics on America Out Loud Talk Radio. Whether you're an independent, a Democrat, or a Republican, one thing remains true. Airborne viruses love us equally. You've all heard Malcolm and the great Dr. Peter McCullough talk about the advanced nasal solution, Cofix RX. Cofix is made in the USA and recommended by thousands of doctors and pharmacists nationwide. Did you know that doctors and nurses have been swabbing their noses with povidone iodine to protect from airborne threats like colds, flus, and pandemic-era strains for decades? Cofix RX took that idea and made a more complete nasal formula with lasting cleansing effects. Maybe you're traveling soon or going to an event. Are you concerned somebody nearby might be sick? Maybe the office or classroom stresses you out. Get yourself a bottle of Cofix RX nasal solution. Spray goodbye to colds and flus with a Cofix RX nasal solution cleanse. That's cofixrx.com. Save 20% by using promo code OUTLOUD at cofixrx.com. World-class care from doctors you can trust, all from the comfort of your home. That is One Wellness. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company launched the One Wellness membership to provide free monthly supplements and unlimited telemedicine access with doctors that share your values. The Wellness Company's chief medical board designed every supplement and medical protocol with your health in mind. From groundbreaking supplements like the Spike Support Formula to unique care like freedom from Big Pharma. Join a healthcare system that puts your health and well-being above the interest of Big Pharma's bottom line. It's the way healthcare should be with a company that shares your values. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first month of One Wellness. These days, every time you turn on the news, it seems like there's a new threat to your health. Maintaining a strong immune system has never been more critical. Advanced Nutrition Company, Healthy Cell, created Immune Super Boost to help you strengthen your immunity. Unlike other supplements that don't work, Immune Super Boost is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed nutrients proven to support immunity, like vitamin C, D3, zinc, elderberry, and echinacea. These physician-formulated gels come in a small gel pack. Tear off the top and shoot it down, or mix it in water. 
boost your immunity. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. Oral hygiene hasn't changed in 50 years, but our diet and the way we eat has creating an environment in your mouth for bacteria to wreak havoc on your teeth and gums. For better oral health, get Spry Dental Defense, an oral care line designed to combat acid-creating bacteria. The toothpaste, mouthwash, mints, and gum all contain xylitol, a natural ingredient shown to dramatically improve oral health. Spry can be found online and at all fine natural retailers. We are fighting the ultimate fight between good and evil. AmericaOutloud.com replaces groupthink with innovative think. Well, it was Walt Whitman, the poet, who said, Keep your face always toward the sunshine, and shadows will fall behind you. America Out Loud Talk Radio. The liberty and justice for all. Welcome back to Our Lives and Politics. There in the first half of this hour, you got a, a sense of the people and what they are thinking and pulse of the people with this whole political thing we're seeing between Governor Ron DeSantis and Donald Trump and the future of our country. Is there hope for conservatives? Is there hope for Republicans moving forward? And one thing that is very interesting to me is I look at states like California, Oregon, Washington, and the state of New York. There's a great big exodus there are people leaving those states and they are moving to states like Florida, Texas, and Tennessee. And is it the thing to do? Should should conservatives, should Republicans just move out of those states or should they stay there and fight? And, and if they are going to fight, who's going to do the fighting for us? And I ran across this young gentleman. He's in his 20s, but he's full of of fire and he is running for state senator in the state of New York one of those blue states that we see there are uh, we see what's going on with mayor adams in New York City right now and with his uh, his immigration problems that he's having now he's shipping them to other counties and we see them doing things like banning gas stoves we we it just doesn't make any sense so many of the laws that they are passing in places like New York so why would a young person ever want to put up the fight and fight that now with us would you welcome Caleb Slater Caleb welcome to our lives and politics Booker thank you very much for having me on the show and I'm really excited to get into all of the things you just discussed here today well let's just start with what motivates you what why do you want to get into it is it worth the fight 
That's that's the tough question, right, Booker? So to answer your question about is it worth a fight, it's definitely a fight worth having. And why do I want to get into it? Um, I'll tell you two reasons. Number one, a personal story about my life. And number two, what I was going to do about it, moving versus staying here. I'm a first generation born in this country whose family came here legally and properly, escaping communism along with Cubans. They left from the Dominican Republic, came here July 4th, 1970. So just take that for a moment moment that that's got to be ordained by God that they came here on the day of independence uh, for our nation. We love this country. We love the freedom here. We love what we came here for. And what's sad to say is that the very family who came here so that I could have these freedoms, they left New York. They did exactly what you talked about at the top of this show. They now are Florida residents because they Mm -hmm. saw what was happening in the state was no different than what happened to their home country. So I say that to say this, I was going to join them. I was going to leave. I was actually targeting the state of Texas. And I was at a a conference at the Heritage Foundation where I spoke with a woman who runs this organization, Moms for Liberty, that's fighting everything that's happening in the schools with the indoctrination and the social emotional learning and the uh, gender transitioning of our kids, which is horrible. And that's a whole nother podcast of itself. Um, I said to her, listen, I'm, I'm sick of this. I'm 26 years old. I want to start a family. Family is the bedrock of society. Texas is a, a, a front land of freedom. Why do I want to continue to fight? Because in New York, not only are you fighting the radical left, not only are you fighting the communists, not only are you fighting the Democrats, but you're oftentimes a lot of those fights are in your own party. You're fighting the squishy Republicans who say, oh, don't go full conservative. It'll offend too, people, too many people. They don't want to actually defend your side, and they spend more time attacking our people than they do getting together. At least in Texas and Florida, we have a con- concentrated effort. So I wanted to leave, and she said to me, you could do that. But if you do, you're giving up on your home state. You're giving up on the freedom that is that was in new york at least and she asked me are you ready to start ripping stars off the american flag Mm -hmm. it's a great question uh, (laughs) and and i just booker i just can't do that there's so much freedom that was fought in new york if you look at the join or die flag one of those states that's listed on there is new york new york was a safe haven for runaway slaves who were seeking liberty during the civil excuse me, during the Reconstruction era. New York um, was a place that people came from Italy, from Germany, from all over the place for freedom, to love this country through Ellis Island. There's so much good that has come through this state, and it makes me sad to see what it's turned into, which is why we need people to turn the ship around. And I'm 26 years young, and I'm gonna be, I would be the first ever Generation Z Republican elected to the New York State Senate, and I wanna make it known to people across this country, across our state, that this young generation, even though 60% of them is voting uh, Democrat in the last election cycle, there's a lot of them out there through organizations like Turning Point USA and others that have a strong conservative backbone. And I'm a part of that, that, that wing of the Gen Z. You know, you mentioned a number of 60% of the young people are voting one way. Another thing that I try to remind people of is states like California – yeah, there there are no real blue states, and uh, you take California for an example. There are five point three million registered Republicans in that state, 
which is a lot of people. That's a, that's a lot of conservatives that live in California. So it, it's probably not worth just packing up and moving unless you've had all you can have. We really do need people like you in these states to at least put up a fight. And so then let's say that uh, hopefully you get elected in the coming election. Uh, you win the primary, you win the general election, you find yourself in the New York State Senate. What is that battle going to look like? Are you going to be able to put forth any legislation that has a chance to ever actually be uh, be approved and passed and signed by a governor, Hochul? So it's going to be a lot easier than it is today. What I can tell you is that the makeup of New York State Senate is Democrats hold a supermajority by one seat. You just got to flip one. And yeah, they still have a simple majority, but there's a lot in the upstate area of moderate Democrats. There's people who have reached across the aisle. I know that there was a um, a, a landlord uh, bill. I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head recently relating to property rights where there were several Democrats who uh, jumped across the aisle and, and, and sided with the Republicans on that bill. Um, I'm running in the most viable seat to flip. Now, what Kathy Hochul decides to sign and not sign, um, we'll get to that battle when we get there. I, I use the phrase, we'll worry about that train when it reaches the station. But the first thing that we need to do is restore the balance of power in New York State Senate by taking away this seat and taking away this supermajority. Other than the obvious things that we see in the country when we look at New York, and obvious, I mean, things like really high taxes and high crime in New York City. What are what are some of the crazy things? And I know one thing that pops into my mind is the um, the gas stove ban. You know, that to me, it's crazy. And here in New York is going full on that. And and then there's things like guns and there's all these other things that that jump into our rights as Americans that it seems like New York is right out in front, along with California, in trying to quash all of those rights. Well, it's funny you mentioned that book, or I tell people all the time that I feel like uh, Kevin Newsom or Gavin Grusom and Kathy Hochul are in a competition to be the most uh, uh, infringed state upon our liberties in the country. And I don't know which one's winning. I, I, some days California wins. Other days I look at legislation in New York and I go, well, we get the prize today. <laughs> um I'll go over briefly, you know, a couple of those things, and they all come down to our constitutional rights. Yes, you're right. The, the ban on fossil fuels, the ban on, and it's not just stoves, it's hookups in new construction starting in 2026. It's existing construction starting in 2030. And the other one that doesn't get a lot of attention are bans on the sale of automobiles, gas-powered vehicles starting in 2035. These are all violations of our property rights. These are all violations of our freedom. Listen, I'm a Christian. I believe that we are meant to be good stewards of the earth. I believe we should be preserving our land and our, our, our planet for future generations. But government coercion is not the solution. And it's certainly not the solution when New York is already leading the charge. New York is number three in the most uh, energy efficient state in the entire country. So the idea that we have to get rid of our fossil fuels and make us less competitive with not only other states, but as the country follows through with that and the Biden administration and others follow through with that, we're making ourselves less competitive with China and India, and they're not going to get rid of their coal, and they're not going to get rid of their fossil fuels. So I'll stop there before I go into property rights in terms of how they treat landlords and how they treat our Second Amendment, because that's another crazy thing, but I'll let you jump in on, on that. 
Well, and you you mentioned China and India, and America was already the cleanest in the world when it comes to fossil mm-hmm. fuels. And for some reason, they feel a need to legislate that more. And I have never, and I don't know about you, but I've never met a conservative, I've never met a Republican that was against clean earth or clean air. And I think the, the argument, or even for that matter, electric vehicles, I think it comes down to, are we ready to do that by 2030 or 2035 or 2040? Is the infrastructure there? No, it's not. And then you look at you look at what it takes to make an electric vehicle with the lithium and cobalt and nickel and all the other uh, so, uh, resources that we need from our earth and the damage that we do to earth there, then it you know, it's it, it's a, a dichotomy in a way uh, to even even consider the things that they are considering as you as you go into the New York Senate. And, mm-hmm. you know, we talked a little bit about gas stoves and appliances and there's high crime in New York. And and, and a lot of people in the country need to realize and, and that. New York is not just New York City. So much of the news comes out of New York City. But there, there's a big, beautiful state all the way to the west uh, that a lot of great people live in. And I think that sometimes those people don't have the representation in the state Senate and the state House. And, and maybe they, like the Californians, uh, let's just make it a blue state. New York's just a blue state. And what... What are the biggest challenges you see for the state, other than the ones that we've talked about? What are some other ones under the radar that you have your eye on? So I've lived in upstate New York for most of my life, moved here when I was six years old. I was born on Long Island. But the one thing that unifies all upstate New Yorkers, Democrat, Republican, liberal, conservative, progressive, independent, anywhere in between, is our just total disgust with the fact that the state always prioritizes the needs of New York City over us. And I'll give you an example. One of the things that was proposed in the state budget this year, which is a bloated budget that we can't afford with the amount of people that are leaving, and I'll get into what the proposal was, but Margaret Thatcher once said that that the problem with socialism is you eventually run out of other people's money. Mm -hmm. And I got to tell you, Booker, I thought that that meant that you were taxing them into oblivion. But as I look at all the people leaving, I've learned that the second meaning of that quote, you run out of other people's money, is because they leave, so you can't tax them anymore. So let me tell you the impact of people leaving New York City has had on our state budget in upstate New York. In order to fund the MTA, which is the train system in New York City, One of the proposals was an 8% tax on streaming services, Netflix, Hulu, uh, uh, HBO Max, all of those things on upstate New Yorkers. We were going to have to pay a tax for us to watch content at home so that it could pay for a train system that none of us are ever going to use. And it doesn't matter your political affiliation. I've talked to Democrats. I've talked to progressives. I've talked to Republicans. I've talked to conservatives. And everyone across the board says, why is it that lawmakers never ask us what our feelings are towards this before they make these laws? We feel like our voices are never heard. And there's a huge wing of people who say, can we just be our own state at this point? So that's that's a big part of it. But I also want to say about the crime. Crime has not just risen in New York City. New York City gets all of the attention, all of the national news. But let me give you a story that happened in my community, in Syracuse, New York. There was a little girl. She was at the top of her class. 
Um, I believe she was she was 12 years old. Her name is Brexley Torres. She was on her way to go get milk for her mother. This was earlier this year. And she got caught in a drive-by shooting mm. on her way to go because it was cold and she wanted to do something for her parents. As we investigated that story, the gang member who shot her was out on leave from a, a, a facility because of these bail reform laws, because of them not listening to the DA, because of them not listening to law enforcement. This person had a gun charge a year prior. All of the members of the law enforcement who worked with the kids said, don't send him home. He's going to have access to an illegal gun, which is an important distinction. And the very first night they let him back on the street, he did a drive-by shooting. And now this 12-year-old girl is dead because of it. But what are the answers? We know that George Soros has put all these DAs in places like New York. And so what is the answer for the crime? What would you do if elected into the Senate in New York State? Yes, thank you for asking. There are several things that need to be done. For starters, the bail reform needs to be addressed. It needs to be reformed. Okay, this idea that someone, I just talked to a cop yesterday who said that they get calls for someone who did a house burglary. They arrest the guy, but because it wasn't a violent crime, they have to let him go. And that same night, they show back to that same house and now try to steal the person's car before they've even finished the paperwork. Mm. So if you, if you do the crime, you do the time. I'm sorry, we're not letting you back out on the streets that same night. That's the first thing. The second thing is what's called raise the age legislation. Okay. The majority of the people who are committing these crimes in my market are under the age of 18 because they changed it so that you can't be charged with a felony if you're under that age. So the gang leaders, they're smarter than our politicians. They give the guns off to 12, 13, 14-year-old kids. And I do mean 12-year-old. There are people who are getting robbed by 12-year-old kids with guns. Think about that for a second because they know that they can't be arrested. So you have to, if you do a violent crime like that, I'm sorry that you're 12. I'm sorry that you're 13, but we have to process these people. The third thing that you have to do is what's called discovery reform. One of the reasons why Soros is able to do all of this with allowing these woke DAs in, these Alvin Braggs of the world, is because the people who stand up for law and order, they're leaving the state too. They have made it so that you are inundated with so much paperwork as a district attorney in New York State, and you don't get any pay increases, and you don't get any extra resources to do that, that people who are highly qualified, they just end up leaving and going to other places. That's why we don't have good people to hire anymore. So you have to do those three things, raise the age, bail reform, and discovery reform before you do anything else, or we're just going to keep finding ourselves in this same situation all are, across the state. Are you, Caleb, are you going to be able to get that message across to the Democrats to support you and support other Republicans or like-minded Democrats that are running so that there can be a difference in New York? Are you going to be able to unify people behind you to get some changes done in New York. You, you won't get it if you don't try and you won't get it if you don't do it. And I can tell you that going into the inner cities and going into whether it's my market of Syracuse or even taking the people in other places like Rochester or Albany, the people who are living in these inner cities, they want these changes done as well. So if you are a Democrat and you are representing a Rochester and Albany, a Buffalo or Syracuse or New York City, you are obligated to listen to what the voters want. His name is Caleb Slater, and he is running for state Senate in the state of New York. I thought it would be an interesting perspective to have someone 
someone like him who is running a race in a state that is blue to have a conversation with. Not only that, but what you're hearing from Caleb is he's young. He's 26 years old. I think that's also something good for the people of America to hear here on the America Out Loud Network is that there is young conservative Republicans that are smart, that are full of fire, that want to bring the fight and bring this country back. And we tell people all the time on this network to get loud and get involved. That's what Caleb has done. Caleb, before we get finished, I want you to tell everyone where they can find you, follow you, and exactly what seat number are you running for so people can follow you. Yes, people can follow me on Facebook. That's facebook.com slash Slater for Senate. Facebook.com slash Slater for Senate. If you're a Twitter guy or girl, twitter.com slash at Slate to the point. That's at S-L-A-T-E-T-O the point. And uh, District 48, um, which is in central New York. And if anyone heard anything today that they want to get behind, you can uh, support my campaign at Vote Caleb calebslater.com slash donate. That's vote calebslater.com slash donate. Thank you. And Caleb, I'll let you uh, finish up with any final thoughts. And I just really want to thank you for joining our lives in politics and being a part of this half hour. Yeah, my, my final thought is to the people who are listening to this, you're probably upset with what's going on in the country. And don't give up. The enemy wants you to give up. Don't, don't, don't ever squish on your values. Don't ever compromise. Get out there. Fight for what you believe in and understand that there's a lot of other people out there who feel the same way that you do. Keep up the fight. You've been listening to Our Lives in Politics on the America Out Loud Network. 